Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Med School Minutes podcast, where we discuss what it takes to attend and successfully complete a medical program. This show is brought to you by St. James School of Medicine. Here is your host, Isun Paturovich. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our USMLE Step 1 Prep Series. Today, we are joined by Dr. Dewan Kenchlow. Um, we are going to break down the question that we posed on social media just last week. Um, so without further ado, Dr. Kenchlow, can you kind of take it away? Yeah, so thanks so much for having me. Uh, as always, we have the three counselors here, myself, Dewan Kenchlow, uh, Dr. Russell Heckburn and Dr. Aksa Chowdhury. Um, all of us can be reached via email, first initial, last name at mail.sjsm.org. Or if you would rather just kind of send an email that goes to all three of us, you can email usmle at mail.sjsm.org. So without further ado, let's get into today's question. So the question states, a 31-year-old woman comes to the clinic with her husband due to inability to conceive for the past year and a half. She has been on oral contraceptive pills since age 16 and discontinued them a month prior to trying to conceive. She reports moderate lower abdominal pain and dyspareunia since discontinuing the birth control pills. Vitals are within normal limits. Pelvic exam reveals tender nodules in the rectouterine pouch, decreased uterine mobility, and no vaginal discharge. Her husband has a normal semen analysis. What is the most probable diagnosis in the patient? A, endometriosis. B, endometrial hyperplasia. C, lyomyoma. D, endometritis. Or E, adenomyosis. Now I see we have a lot of information here. What would you say are the most important kind of takeaways from this question to help you get to the right answer? Yeah, absolutely. So for starters, um, inability to conceive, obviously it takes two to tango. <laughs> so we have to check the woman and the male. Uh, so the male has a normal semen analysis. <clears throat> so we're thinking that there's most likely an issue with the woman. Um, she's been on birth control pills, oral contraceptive pills for a while and discontinued them a month prior. So that's another important one. And a big thing, two big pieces of evidence we have here is she's reporting lower abdominal pain and dyspareunia or pain with sex. And what we see on the exam, these tender nodules in the rectal uterine pouch without vaginal discharge are a big clue for what we have going on here. So how would we take that and kind of bring us to the right answer? Because I see that there's a lot of options here, and some seem familiar, but others, I know a few of our viewers, they were kind of confused on the answers based off of what we saw the answers were on social media. So now how would you take that information and translate that into the correct answer? Yeah, so if we just break down what it, the meaning of each of these words is or what disease each is, that can kind of help us, um, you know, Put everything together. So endometriosis, we have the endometrium-like glands and stroma, so the normal makeup of our uterus outside of the endometrial cavity or outside of the uterus. Um, so if you think about in a period, you have growth and shedding of this endometrial tissue. Having that outside of the uterus obviously can lead to some issues. Uh, endometrial hyperplasia is just going to be proliferation of those glands, so having excess of them in your uterus. 
Lyomyoma would be a benign smooth muscle tumor. And this, more commonly, we all have kind of heard of fibroids. This is just the fancy medical term for fibroids. Um, endometritis would be inflammation or an infection of that endometrial tissue. And then adenomyosis is going to be extension of that endometrial tissue into the muscle layer, which is a little bit deeper. Um, so that's at least to give you an idea of what each of the choices mean. Hopefully that kind of helps narrow down your choices. And the right answer is? Endometriosis. So our patient has endometriosis here. So A, endometriosis was the correct answer in this case. Okay. So why would the other answers be wrong? Obviously, we learned a little bit about what each of them mean, but in this case, why would they be wrong? Um, so before we go over the wrongs, I just want to take a quick second to kind of go through endometriosis. Yes. Um, so there's not a definitive this is the cause of endometriosis. The most commonly accepted theory is that there's retrograde flow. Um, so as normal periods should flush out through the um, reproductive tract, they can actually go the backwards way towards the ovary, and you can have implantation of these tissues other places. So some common places are the ovary. We call these chocolate cysts when we see them. Um, they can go into the pelvis or the peritoneum. In our patient's case, um, those tender nodules in the rectouterine pouch of Douglas is a very common one. If we see that, that's a big, big, big hint that it's usually endometriosis. Um, so the presentation of them, you get dysmenorrhea or abnormal menstrual bleeding, dysperiunia, pain with sex, dyskesia, pain with defecation or pain with pooping. Um, that's especially once you get it into that rectouterine pouch of Douglas. Um, cyclic pelvic pain, obviously, this is going to kind of correlate to your period. But if you have these outside of the uterine cavity, you will get period pains in other parts of your stomach. And then infertility. Um, obviously, these glands can prevent the eggs from getting where they need to to get fertilized. Um, treatment, usually oral contraceptives or birth control pills is kind of the number one thing we do, which is why our patient didn't have symptoms until, you know, recently because they were on them since they were 16 and they just recently stopped them to try and get pregnant. NSAIDs are great for acute pain. Um, some other ones that are less commonly used, there are some progestins, gonadotropin-releasing hormone agonists, danazole, or you can even go so far as to have a laparoscopic removal or a surgery to remove them. But as far as the other answer choices, if we go through those, so endometrial hyperplasia, so that we said that was the increase in the glands, so you have more of them. Usually you have excess estrogen exposure, in the relative abscess of progesterone. So some common examples of this could be uh, early onset of menses, so starting your periods earlier, um, late menopause, so just having a longer time frame of having periods, uh, nulliparity or not having kids, um, et cetera. This is kind of a precancerous lesion, uh, and usually it'll present as abnormal uterine bleeding, especially after menopause. Um, Lyomyoma, or the fibroids, as they're more commonly known as, usually will present as abnormal uterine bleeding, um, pelvic pain and pressure. So just, you know, you have this mass that's kind of pressing on things. So you have a little bit of pain and pressure associated with that. Uh, but when you do an exam on these patients, you would expect their uterus not to feel just kind of smooth and round like normal. 
Um, usually you can feel these kind of fibroids on them. Endometritis or the inflammation or infection of the endometrial cavity. Usually you would expect our patient to have a fever, a soft and tender uterus, and lochia, which is just normal vaginal discharge. So our patient didn't have vaginal discharge uh, or a fever. So that's kind of one thing that's making us think not this in this situation. Uh, risk factors usually are related to around birth time. So prolonged rupture of the membrane. Uh, chorioamnionitis or infection of the amniotic fluid or uh, recent C-section. Um, so think about recent childbirth or currently going through childbirth as a risk factor for endometritis. And adenomyosis, um, so this was the one where we have those endometrial glands going into the muscle tissue. I, this one, again, is one of those theorized to be kind of similar with endometriosis, but it's when those endometrial glands penetrate into the muscle layer. Um, patients usually can either be asymptomatic or they can have excessive or painful menstrual bleeding, uh, again, pain with sex, dyspareunia, and pelvic pressure. But for this one, we'd expect to see a globally enlarged uterus. So the whole uterus will be smooth, round, symmetric, but there won't be tenderness. Um, and that's kind of the big thing of what we would expect with all of those ones. All right, great. Thank you so much for breaking down the question and all the answers. Um, I hope this helped everyone kind of get a better understanding of this prep question specifically. Um, is there anything else you want to tell our viewers before we close it out? Um, we're always here. If you have any questions or any topics you'd like to see us cover, you can always uh, reach out to us on social medias or send an email to that usmle at mail.sjsm.org and we will you know, answer any questions you guys shoot our way. Thank you so much for tuning into our show. We hope you enjoyed another episode of Med School Minutes. If you like our content, please follow us and receive notification when a new show is posted. This podcast is brought to you by St. James School of Medicine. For a video version of this podcast, please check us out on sjsm.org slash video.